This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Trojan fans. It's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Oh, Trojan fans! Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a we are rolling along myself, Ryan Abraham, publisher of UFCFootball.com, and Chris Trevino does a great job reporting on the Trojans. Been part of the site for quite a while. It's Fight on 247 and now part of the USAFootball.com team. And we're going to be doing these in-studio podcasts each and every week. So it's great to have Chris in the studio. You can follow him on Twitter at Chris N. Trevino, T-R-E-V-I-N-O. Chris, how are you doing today, sir? Pretty good. Glad to be back in the studio. And I think this might actually be the first time we've ever done a podcast together, just you and I in studio together, not over a Skype call. Oh, I like that. So a little bit of history being made. A little history. We got to do, if you got to check out our tunnel vision, we had a few technical glitches, but hopefully the podcast version was okay for you guys to uh, listen to. We plan on doing more of those. Chris really just chomping at the bit wants to be on the live video feed for some reason. I don't know know why you like that so much, Chris, but I'm glad you do. I'm sorry, he cut my mic out for a second, and I couldn't actually give my real opinion there. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I do it because I need to step up for the team. Well, you're doing a great job stepping up for the team. And we had a lot of fun, and uh, we definitely plan on doing uh, more shows. We're going to try to give you some uh, different, I guess, depth of uh, the episodes and stuff we're going to be doing, Just not just the Peristyle podcast, but Tunnel Vision as well, so... Kind of use this offseason to kind of play around a little bit and, and get things rolling because it should be a very exciting season under Lincoln Riley for the very first uh, season in 2022. And we're excited to be a part of that. I know it's just been uh, it's been a whirlwind three months, Chris, just with covering this team. We have recruiting stuff we want to talk about. We have some breakout performers for spring football that's coming up. Heck, even USC basketball is doing well. Uh, we'll talk about all of that kind of stuff. But it. It's just it's like night and day, Chris. Just from the you know the last few years covering this team, you know, for basically since you came on to now, the excitement, knowing that the administration is taking things seriously and they're going to go out on the limb and hire someone like Lincoln Riley, taking this uh, as far as like treating the USC Trojan football program the way a lot of the fans felt it should be treated, but just wasn't. Um, it's just like it's just a different deal for us, just covering this on a daily basis. Yeah, it's just energy, 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 energy. And that's one of the big buzzwords I hear or I heard this weekend when I was talking to a bunch of recruits because it was a big recruiting weekend. A lot of them said, you know, the energy around the program, the energy around the people I'm talking to, the support staff and all all those kinds of deals. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's sort of cliche when, you know, 
you have a new coaching staff, that's probably one of the the buzzwords you're going to hear. But we know that to be, you know, true, just having the teams we've covered in the past. Unfortunately, you know, it wasn't the best recruiting recruiting staff. It wasn't the best recruiting effort. It wasn't a very good football team at times. So we know that, you know, when, when kids say that, they mean that, that there is a different energy in the building, a different vibe in the building over there at Heritage Hall. Yeah, that's great to know for us that there's different energy because we are seeing it. We are seeing different energy uh, on our Twitter feeds, on the, you know, when people comment about these podcasts. On the message boards. The message boards, all of it. We're seeing a completely different energy. So we're, it, it, it fires up. The, we're human. You know, we're covering the team. We're trying to be objective. But we're human. We get we get caught up in some of that energy, too. It's just fun. To, it's, it's way more fun to cover a team that's got good energy than one that's sort of just like in the doldrums. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a USC fan. I didn't go to USC. People ask me that all the time. Are you a USC fan? Like, no, I'm not a USC fan. I am a college football reporter. But uh, but objectively, I love to cover a good football team. It is so much more fun to cover a good football team. Yeah. You know, those interviews you do after games, they stink when they lose. <laughs> That's very true. You're like, I put a lot of work in this story. No one wants to read it because they stunk. Yeah, if you... If you it's interesting just talking about energy, the energy after a game with the reporters. It's like after a big win, oh, oh, I'm so excited to talk to this person. I'm so excited to ask him about this. I'm so excited to to get their thoughts on this player or, or how this went down in the in, in the game or et cetera. But when they take a bad loss, and they took a lot of bad losses last year, you know that, Ryan. Everyone listening to this podcast knows that. It was not fun to to ask anybody questions. It was not fun to ask them the same sort of questions over and over. Like, why do you guys – not, why are you guys not able to score in, in the red zone? Yeah. Why why is the defense getting, you know, is bad at tackling? Why why are they getting giving up these big plays? Tired of asking those questions. And it's not all going to be perfect next season, but there's going to be a lot of new things to talk about and a lot of renewed sense of confidence with this team and pride. So, that's what I'm looking forward to, just something different to cover and hopefully, you know, you know, a, a good team next year. Yeah. 12 games last year, 8 of them were going to be tough to cover because we had uh, it was a four and eight team, so there was eight losses. So you had to talk to players and stuff afterwards. Even the Arizona one was bad because you lost Drake London. No one really wanted to. Yeah, that's that was true. a loss. That was basically a loss. Yeah, the Washington State game was like the high point for sure. And, oh, pretty uh, much. That's pretty much. It. Yeah. All right. Well, if you have any questions or comments for the show, please send us an email. Podcast at uscfootball.com. We got a few emails to get to this week, and if you'd rather hear your voice on the podcast, we love to hear it too. Keep it short, but you can leave us a voicemail four two four. Two five four nine one four one, or you can send us a text there as well. We'd be happy to answer any questions you have or talk about any topics you would like to hear about. We're rolling towards USC spring football uh, towards the end of the month. So if you have any questions about what to expect this spring, we'd be happy to do that. And if you have the any podcasting app, please subscribe, uh, follow the show on Apple Podcasts. You can follow and leave us a five-star rating and review. We'd love to hear from you on that. And then also... If you have Spotify, you can leave us a five-star rating there. Uh, we appreciate that. And if you know you want to go out and get some food sometime just for your household, maybe stop by Trader Joe's. They've been an awesome sponsor for us uh, over the years. I love going to just TraderJoe's.com and getting some different ideas. Uh, one thing I saw up there, Chris, uh, recently, the bowl arama Three recipes and bowls. I'm a big – are you a bowl? I, I, food that comes in a bowl, I kind of like. You know, it could be as simple as cereal, but when you have like some complex like meal that's made in a bowl, I'm just a fan of that. I don't know. Do you like that stuff? I'm a big poke bowl kind of guy. Oh, yeah. I'm not a burrito in the bowl guy. 
I, I, that's not my style. I like the actual burrito, but like a big poke bowl, a teriyaki bowl. I'm, I'm with you on the bowl, the bowl movement, sans burrito. There's a lot of good, like, kind of Asian foods and mm-hmm. bowls where you'd like, uh, you know, ramen or, yeah. um, you know, poke is, is awesome. But they have three recipes up on com. The breakfast bowl, which I love me some breakfast stuff. Um, so they have, you know, there's hash browns, eggs, uh, kale, avocado, chili onion crunch in the bowl. So there's some cool stuff there, but they have a salmon poke bowl. A smoked salmon poke bowl. Um, love that. And there's also, if you're a veggie person, a green goddess uh, veggie bowl. So some cool recipes up there. All stuff you can pick up at TraderJoe's.com or Trader Joe's when you go to your Trader Joe's. But the recipes are up on TraderJoe's.com. I just, I don't know, Chris. I just love, I love making stuff in bowls. Um, Big bowl guy. I see it. Yeah. Their bowl stuff is good. Uh, but the, I love that you mentioned poke bowl and they have a, a smoked salmon poke bowl up there on Trader Joe's. Okay. So what are we going to do today? Let's get into uh, some of our early topics. Um, I love that you talk about the energy around the program. And that energy, a lot of times, translates to recruiting. And we talked about the class of 2023. Uh, I'm actually heading to Vegas this weekend for basketball. We'll talk about that. Bishop Gorman's out there, one of the USC 2023 kids. Um, Zion Branch is, I mean, I'm sorry, Zachariah Branch. Zion Branch is his brother. Zachariah Branch is out there, five-star uh, wide receiver, but there's only three commitments right now. All three of them are five stars. Certainly that brings a certain level of energy to your football program. And we got to see a bunch of players come to the USC campus on Saturday for a big junior day, players from all over the country. There was the battle of the beach seven on seven tournament. So we got to see some USC targets in action for that. I wasn't there, but uh, you guys were there. And then that was at thousand Oaks, which is nowhere near a beach. Yeah, I just want that on record. Thousand Oaks, way too far. But our buddy Brandon Huffman's part of that, so we absolutely. I I will do. I will do anything for Brandon Huffman because he's he's the bomb. Uh, Yeah, a lot of times they have it down in uh, like Huntington Beach. The battle. Well, that is the summer one, which is, I believe, a a different entity in its own. So I I, don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure they're two different uh, seven on seven entities. So I expect to cover uh, the battle, the summer battle of the beach. out at Huntington. And I think that one's a high school teams. Those aren't like club yeah, teams. yeah, those are strictly that those those summer ones kind of kick off the one at Los Al too. Those sort of kick off the uh and and the and the uh 7 on 7 season and kind of move you guys into uh the high school season. Those are the the tune-ups for the for the skilled players and the and the defensive backfields for high school. So those are more team. They're not uh they're not uh club teams. Club teams, yeah. Like so all winter and spring and stuff, we get to see these the the you know all the different club team names that come from all over the the west region if it's ground zero or whoever it is like you get to see these teams so they're players from different high schools then when you get later in the summer as you get closer to the season the high school teams themselves will have their own seven on seven tournaments and stuff so it's you know modern day's team would go out there and play their little red helmets and all that kind of stuff um so that and then also on saturday on sunday there was the under armor they call it the UA Next uh, Camp Series now, I believe. Um, but we got to see a lot of the top players from not just California, but from around the region. There were several players that flew in for this one, and uh, we got some top performers and stuff for that. Uh, Malachi Nelson, the probably the headliner, he was a quarterback MVP. We just put up, uh, we put up a story about him. We put up some highlights from what he did uh, all that weekend. So that's a big one. The USC commit. That's the five star. Quarterback from Los Al, and uh, we'll talk about that a little bit. 
Um, Chris has done a couple of stories on potential breakout performers. He loves doing the predictions. We'll talk about the the guys he picked for spring football. Give you a little NFL combine recap. USC had five players at the combine, but Drake London didn't really do anything. So we'll talk about those guys. And then, of course, the USC basketball team. Not much on this. We get some complaints, Chris. I don't remember when you were running the the fight on two four seven site. Did you get complaints about basketball coverage? Like some people have been happy when we were putting up more coverage. You know, Shotgun's doing a great job. We've got some interns that are helping out. I've been to a couple games. I'll be in Vegas for the Pac twelve tournament along with Shotgun and a couple interns. So we'll have a ton of coverage uh, of this Trojan team in Las Vegas as they head towards March Madness. And Shotgun plans on going to wherever they end up in the first you know the the first weekend of March madness, but we, we do get complaints. There's some people that are like, why are you, this is uscfootball.com. This isn't uscbasketball.com. Uh, did you get that when you were running, running the, the, the USC site? I did not because my site isn't, wasn't called uscfootball.com. They do have a point, Ryan. It is not USC basketball and football.com. It is uscfootball.com. But when you have the world's greatest USC basketball beat writer, you use him in Shotgun Spratling, and that is what you have been doing. That is what he has been doing. He's been doing uh, awesome coverage, despite being sort of a remote uh, reporter for us now. And like you said, you will be in Vegas with him as these uh, Trojans try to break out of a slump there at the end. But I don't re- really recall getting that many uh, complaints. Good. Uh, I sort of flushed that whole year out of my system. I don't really remember. It was a very <laughs> stressful year of me doing everything by myself. I covered basketball. I did, but I did not. Re- I did not recall getting any complaints. The other complaints were probably about not enough scoop being on the board. That was what I was more worried about. I'm not worried about a guy uh, complaining about that. I wrote a basketball story. Okay, um, so it was only a year that you were running the site. Uh, it might have been like a year and a half, okay. maybe two years. One point seven. I don't know. Something like that. It, it it felt like it was a short time before I got we got a. Uh, scooped up or we scooped you up yeah so if people we talked about this a little bit before but uh you know we were part of scout.com i'd been a part of rivals for years joined scout and i think it was about three four years there and 24 7 sports bought scout and then they merged the site chris was running at the time fight on 247 and uscfootball.com and uh, uh yeah i think it was at a basketball game where we first started talking we we're just like oh this looks like this is happening and we like i think i sat next to you in the basketball media room and started chatting with you. If that's, do I, I said, remember that correctly? I said, this guy is going to fire me immediately. Yeah. I re- we were talking at the, in the, in the media room in the basement. Yes, yes. Yeah. That's where I remember talking. That's, that's what I remember. And not that you were a super like gregarious person, super boisterous now, but you were fairly quiet back then. And I was like, I'd seen you around practice. I'm like, I don't think we've talked. I keep to myself, Ryan. You do keep to yourself. We're uh, the, we're the opposite. <laughs> You you go around and give out cakes and cookies to everyone and friends with everyone. I low key stay in my corner, put my head down, make my notes. But you, Chris, does a great job. Obviously, he just does an amazing job covering the team. And uh, but it was funny that we got to chat. And I wasn't gonna be firing you. You work for you know two four seven. You work for CBS. You didn't work for me. Um, but it was cool to like kind of meet up. Like okay, I get to talk to this guy. And I've, I've, you know, just behind the scenes, I've loved the, um, the relationship we've been able to build. The fact that you like got super close with Keely and shotgun, like people are on my team and doing the shows. And, and I really felt like you've come out of your shell a lot and have been great on these where maybe you weren't super comfortable doing podcasts or video shows. And, and now it seems like you've found your, 
your own niche there. What, so I'm what, happy about that. What do that. you know, Ryan? You're giving me my flowers right now. What what's gonna happen? Are you gonna have me hit or something? What's going on? No, You're being too I'm nice gonna... for me for a Tuesday afternoon. What's what's going on? It is Tuesday. I did make you like come up here later in the studio, so you're up to like be in traffic back. But you're way closer. Like Keely coming, for, you know, Chaka was coming from like Sherman Oaks and stuff, and Keely, I don't know, some Hollywood place, Los Feliz or something like that. So you're at least, you know, you're close by. Um, all right. Well, let's talk about your, let's talk about the recruiting weekend first. Okay. Um, junior day, battle of the beach. We talked about the Under Armour camp, the UA next, um, there weren't any, I don't know if there was any like official, like scholarship offers or whatever scholarship offers going out, but we didn't see any like commitments from the junior day. And we know, um, guys like Malachi Nelson, we know Zachariah branch, you know, they want to try to recruit as much as possible. Any sort of notes you want to share from the the junior day, first of all? Yeah. Uh, just quick plug that my podcast with Gerard, a recruiting podcast, is Ooh. coming out this week. We have we talk a lot more about this weekend in depth. That's going to drop this week. Uh, but sort of the op- observations was there was a lot of kids, a lot of seven-on-seven teams, a lot of guys you know that aren't going to be recruited by USC or will not have an offer, but it was it was a chance for the staff to get, you know, it was kind of a meet and greet for the most part, you know, get in front of these kids, get in front of these seven on seven coaches, get in front of these coaches in general, just to, just to get them around the program. You know, it's like, you know, it's, 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 it's new ownership, you know, your favorite restaurant closes down, they got new ownership, they want you to come in, meet, meet the staff, meet the new people, you know, come back, trust us, we want to build this thing back up. And but you could tell that there were kids that were just there for the meet and greet. And there was kids that were kind of a priority for the staff because there were kids that maybe did not get, you know, solid one-on-one time with the coaches. They did meet with them. They did, you know, share a couple words, but there were kids that, you know, were pulled aside, got to do the, the photo shoots, got to do the pics with the Heisman, you know, got, real one-on-one time with Lincoln Riley and their staff, you know, they talk to their parents in their office. So you could tell there was sort of a hierarchy to this junior day. You know, they had a Uh bunch of kids here, you know, kids are just here to stop by, shake some hands, you know, share a couple pleasantries, get a, get a feel for USC. And then there were some that they were there for maybe more so in a, a real unofficial visit, if that makes sense. And that, and that also just makes sense in general because Lincoln Riley doesn't have the time to go in his office with their parents with what 150 plus kids no you have to pick and choose he has to be efficient with his time in recruiting everyone that he wants that's why you set up the priorities that's why you have the guys okay these are the top 20 guys that are going to be here on our campus today let's make sure we take care of them let's make sure we get that critical one-on-one time because we want them to come back and if there's someone here that shows up that you know maybe we we didn't know much about and we've we talked to them and oh this guy's kind of interesting. Oh, this kid looks bigger than what I thought. Oh, this kid is uh, you know, looks a little different than I saw him two years ago. You know, we'll 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 circle back to him, get him back on campus. So it was definitely a feel out process for a lot of these kids and the coaches, and then some of the guys there were actually there for an official visit, the the whole shebang of, you know, meeting with coaches and taking photos and stuff like that. Yeah, that makes sense. It's like um if you're a realtor, you're showing a house and there's a whole bunch of like people coming through that it's like a really expensive house. They're driving like, uh, you know, Chevy, you know, Chevelles or some crap. And you're like, okay, they're not buying this house, but there's going to be some people that, that, that roll up in like a Rolls Royce. You're like, okay, this person might buy the house. They might get a little preferential treatment. So maybe there was a little of that going on. 
uh, at USC. But, you know, I think having a star-studded junior day is important. And then there was a lot of players that were in town for the different events. Um, you mentioned, you know, the Battle of the Beach that went on a couple of days. Um, you got to go out there Saturday, right, and check it out? That's correct. How was uh, any USC targets that sort of stood out to you on that day? Super windy, by the way. And I think that was because FSP, one of the top S7 on 7 programs, not just on the West Coast and out of Washington, but in the nation, they've won a couple of big tournaments. They came out here and they brought a studded lineup, uh, the big one being Jaden Wayne, the five star defensive lineman, um, five star composite defensive lineman. He was playing tight end for them, did not play any linebacker. But he was kind of the big name out there, and he took a, a Friday a Friday visit, and uh, you know he got those big photos, and you know he's a he's a priority. He's the number one rated defensive lineman on the West Coast, and they don't make a lot of big defensive linemen out no. of the West Coast, uh, you know, like they do out south. So that's a priority for them, and he kind of said the staff told him, you know, he's a priority for them, and right now they got to get him back for a summer official visit. He's going to make his uh, commitment uh, before his senior year. So he's going to be taking some official visits in the summer. Uh, USC is in that top 11. He said if they want to get him back on for an official visit, just keep up the communication. And it seems like they're doing that. So, you know, I feel like they're in a good place to get him back. Uh, Caleb Presley, his teammate, a top 100 cornerback, he, he's, he'll be back at the end of the month again. Dante Williams has a great relationship with him. He got the reoffer. Uh, a lot of reoffers this week, you know, guys that were offered under the previous staff. And then, you know, when they came back to meet Lincoln Riley. They weren't sure if they had an offer for real. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you always want to kind of do the re-offer in person so they can see you. You, know, you can meet them, stuff like that. So most of the time, it's when they come back for a visit is when you get that re-offer. Wayne was a little bit unique that he was one of the first players that Lincoln called to give out a re-offer. So, you know, he wanted to establish that early. But, you know, I had about five five kids that, you know, told me they got the re-offer you know, based off, you know, their meeting this weekend. Oh, okay. So there was um, some reoffering going along. It, I, I think this is really the first opportunity to kind of establish yourself in the 2023 class. I mean, I guess you leave your stamp by, by you know, getting those two low Sal kids to switch, um, you know, getting, you know, uh, Zachariah Branch to be part of the class and having them go out there. But, you know, having this junior day, I think is a big deal. And it's, it's sort of like, you know, hey, we're re, sort of a reset, right? Where you're like, hey, you had an offer from the old staff. You still have an offer from us. And, you know, then we'll see this kind of uh, build over the coming months um, to, you know, what we think is going to be a top five recruited class for Lincoln Riley in USC. So, uh, yeah. Were you surprised that there weren't really any, like, a few commitments or something that came out of the weekend? Or it just wasn't really what that was designed to do? Uh, I'm not really, I'm not really surprised at that. I mean, it's still very early in the spring process. You know, kids are going to make their visit for a lot of these kids. It was their first visit with Lincoln Riley and this staff on USC's campus. You know, a lot of them have been to USC before, but I think you, you know, if it had been like a third visit, I think they'd be more inclined, you know, maybe to make that commitment, but it's still so early. The quiet period just ended. So a lot of these kids are going to be using the next couple weeks in the next couple months to take trips out this spring you know they want to get to Alabama they want to get to Georgia they want to go to Texas wherever they want to go they're going to do that over the spring and then in the summer you know maybe make that decision to take another trip another official visit take an official visit or maybe take another unofficial visit before setting it up 
for, you know, in-season official visits. So this was so early. This was, what, the first week of March? I think I'm not surprised that there – I should take that back. I'm, I'm – no, I'm not surprised that there weren't any commitments because it's just so early. And I think you're, you're going to have to see that build over time. I don't yeah. think – I don't think – I don't think you should just go in assuming that Lincoln's going to pick up a commitment every week or every weekend that they have a junior day. You know, he might pick up a commitment here and there, maybe on the 26th when they have their other one at the end of the month. That could be another time for, you know, kids that are coming back. But I would say more towards the summer is when you're going to see some of those commitments come in. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and then on Sunday, we had the Under Armour camp, the UA Next, and uh, I thought they did a really good job running that one. We got to see offensive defensive linemen kind of come through, and they staged it out so there would be players going through testing. I think defensive linemen went first. They moved on and started doing some drills. Then the offensive linemen came through. They did testing. Then they would do their drills, and they would come together and do one-on-ones. And they did the same thing for linebackers and running backs. Then they had quarterbacks come out with the wide receivers and cornerback, you know, defensive backs. And uh, it was kind of give you an opportunity to watch just about everybody instead of having all, you know, massive humanity on the field, all doing things at once. Uh, Gerard Martinez put up his top uh, USC target top performer. So the the players that USC is going after, who did the best? And he had uh, Malachi Nelson, the the five-star quarterback from Los Al at the top of his list. I would, you know, I have to agree from watching him. It got windy. Like you mentioned, the battle of the beach got windy. By the time the quarterbacks were throwing the wide receivers, it was windy out there. And it was sort of like a side wind where you're kind of throwing into the wind and then it's coming from left to right. And I just felt like when I watched Nelson throw the ball, he had a strong arm. He could flick it way downfield. Um, the, the the tight spiral, I think, helped kind of cut through the wind. And you you definitely saw some of the quarterbacks just sort of struggling because they weren't able to keep the ball on target. And I thought Nelson did a good job and really just, if I put up a highlight video of him watching some of those bags on the ground drills, Chris, where you're like shuffling through, he sort of looked like, you know, like Michael Jackson moonwalk thing. He just had this smoothness about him by doing it. Like he was going against like, not going against, but there was two people going at once and you saw the other guy kind of bouncing up and down. I take my spin class or whatever in the morning and, and you're supposed to be like a duck, like on the, your, your feet are supposed to be moving fast, and your duck. legs, you know, a duck on the water where you don't see a duck swimming. You just see a duck floating by, but his below the surface, mm, the feet are going. Okay. So you kind of want that. I felt like when I watched Malachi Nelson, it was a, it was sort of like a duck, like his feet were just really smooth and his upper body wasn't moving that much. And they did a lot of drills where you would do some sort of movement. It could be a rollout. It could be shuffling side to side, whatever, and then getting rid of the ball. And uh, he just looked really good to me. I don't know from what you saw from him if you thought the same thing, but uh, I thought he did really well in the camp. I mean, he took home one of the MVP honors, uh, and I think he kind of just showed why he's the number two player in the country. You know, he's he's the number two quarterback behind Arch Manning. I know a lot of people ask, what does Malachi Nelson have to do? To overtake Arch Manning, well, I think he has to go to the family tree and, and figure out how he is related to a Manning. Because I don't think he's going to be able to take over a Manning for the number one spot. But yeah, he looked he looked the part. You know, these camps, you know, are built for to kind of showcase quarterbacks. You know, they they can do all these things, they can make these throws, they can put out these tight spirals, and they're not getting, you know, harassed by defensive linemen. You know, the only thing is, you know. 
he in, in these scenarios, you know, the only thing that could really trip up the quarterbacks is throwing to receivers they don't really know. And his top receiver, uh, Makai Lemon, was not able to go. He was a little bit banged up. He tried to go a little bit early. He did a couple drills, but you know, some of the coaches were telling him, "Let's settle down here. Let's let's not injure ourselves further for you know like a camp." He still got the invite, and he still got a, a an award of some sort. I don't remember what it was, but he 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 looked like he was connecting with every receiver he threw to. I know he went to the big tight end on uh, number seventeen. Uh, I blanking on his name, but he did uh, Jamari Johnson yeah, from uh, Inglewood. Every time I saw Johnson, he was making every catch, and I know him and Nelson were were lined up with each other. He probably said, "This guy's making plays for me. Let me let me throw to him." And then Ethan O'Connor, uh, the other. Uh, two-way guy for Los Al kind of overshadowed a little bit overshadowed a little bit by Nelson and Lemon but he he he's a really good player in his own right and he was getting out there as a defensive back and wide receiver so he was looking to him as well uh, a familiar face so you know Nelson showed out yeah and uh you mentioned uh Johnson I didn't really know who he was but I guess he transferred he was um playing no they they have a quarterback that's going to UCLA I'm blanking on his name um, Justin Martin Justin Martin I, I liked him I saw him in Hawaii good looking kid um but he's come in and played some different positions for them just thick legs like thick lower body dude but big guy we so they did at the Under Armour camp the uh, gauntlet drills so if you ever saw that they had all the the quarterbacks kind of line up and if you're a receiver you're on one sideline you catch a pass from uh, directly down the sideline from a quarterback. You flip around 180 degrees. You catch another pass from another quarterback, and then you start running down uh, the yard marker. You know the the side, not the sideline, but across the field essentially. And there's maybe five or six quarterbacks. And as you're running, you're you're turning to your right first and catching a pass from that quarterback. And then some of the scouts don't like this because you catch a pass and just drop it right away. You just catch and drop which they don't really want you to get in that habit. And as you're running, then you turn to your left, and then you catch a pass from that quarterback and go the way through. And I was watching um, Malachi Nelson throw. He was one of the last stations. And just, you know, you're the quarterback. It's not much of a drill. You're just kind of flicking the ball at this guy as you're going. And sometimes, you know, it can go a little fast, and guys just drop every ball, or they're just, they're running. They're not running straight. I watched Johnson do that drill, and it looked like when you're watching the NFL Combine and one of the, like, the top receivers does it, crisp just ran straight kept moving the entire time they wasn't slowing down for passes catch like secure and you you hear it like boom it pops in his hand soft hands uh and then drops and then turn and he did he didn't drop a ball and i was like who the hell is that guy <laughs> like that guy's really good i'm like oh he's like a three-star athlete from inglewood i'm like okay we're gonna have to watch more of him um but as far as like tight ends go like he looked he definitely looked legit i liked um Watching catching passes, uh, Roderick Robinson from Robinson from uh, Lincoln High School in the San big Diego. Running back. Yeah, big. He's he's got a thickness to him too, but not just like lower body, like the whole thing. I mean, he looks smooth running. Like for a big guy, sometimes you have like two, big running two thirty. He's like a two thirty six foot. He's a big dude. Yeah, and sometimes you see those guys, and you're like, yeah, they're not going to do well in these seven on seven drills because like there's no. You're not running over people. He looks so smooth catching the football and made some tough catches, some contested catches, but ran good routes for a guy that size. I like. I really liked him as well. I don't know if you got to see much of him, but I, I liked what I saw from him. Unfortunately, I did not get to see a lot of the running backs because I was off in the corner 
getting a bunch of interviews. Oh, yes. So, but I did see him up close. I was standing next to him. And I was like, golly, this dude is big. It looks like a linebacker, maybe even like a small defensive end. But he looked, yeah. And from when I saw him warming up, he looked like a guy. And I could see, oh, this is why USC offer this guy. They want more of a bigger back, you know, to go with some of the the smaller guys they already have, like a Relique Brown, who's going to be uh, moving out. But you need a big guy. You know, Lincoln does use that fullback, can use that H-back, and it helps that he is a, a good pass catcher. You got to be able to catch in this offense. Yeah, and he definitely was uh, He was doing that really well. Um, the uh, Tucson um, is a sophomore defensive end, Elijah Rushing. Needs to fill out a little bit. Uh, he was wearing number 50 out there, but looked. I thought he looked really good in the drills. There's a few defensive linemen I was watching. None of them were um, maybe huge, I guess. Uh, Kelsey uh, Howard, I liked him. He was a bigger dude. He had a lot of energy. Um, I don't think he made Gerard's list, but I liked what I saw from him. But Elijah Rushing certainly looked like he you know, he played the part well. He's a, he's a sophomore, class of 2024, but uh, out of Tucson. But there, I mean... I don't know. Anyone, did anyone like stand out to you? There was, you know, I don't want to mention everybody, but there were some good-looking prospects there from what I saw. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of good guys out there, you know, guys that I got to talk to and kind of get, you know, an early relationship with. Uh, the Marcellus Williams is a guy I've, I've seen multiple times over the years. You know, the younger brother, the youngest brother of Max Williams yeah. who's currently on the team, you know, and his dad's been telling me since I met uh, Max, like, Four years ago, four or five years ago, you know, Marcellus is going to be the best one. The youngest of three brothers, uh, Max at USC, Mason Williams at ASU. And then here he is, um, Marcellus. He's he's the tallest. He gets he seems to be bigger every time I see him. He's already a national cornerback prospect out of St. John Bosco, 2024 class. So he has some time. You know, he was up there this weekend. He loved his trip. He's been there multiple times, obviously, and he's been taking some big out-of-state trips, you know, Ohio State, LSU, those kind of schools. But it is nice when he comes back home, you know, get to be around Max, get to be local. Um, but he was a guy, you know, I, I watched him, you know, nearly have a pick. Uh, he said he had it in the end zone, noticed that they were out of bounds, and then he kind of let go, and the receiver kind of acted like he had had it the whole time, and they got into a little jawing match. You always see those at a, at these kind of events. Oh, so. yeah, 100%. Hundred percent. A lot, of, a lot of trash talking, especially you know down in the trenches and those one-on-one drills, which we always like to see. Kind of the highlight for me personally is is watching the O-line, D-line go, and then watching these one-on-ones. Uh, but yeah, he he was good. Had some nice coverage. Did not get beat at all. He was right there all the time. Didn't make every play, but you know he was pretty much covered up when when he needed to be covered up. So uh, he's an intriguing guy, and I think it's going to be interesting. I'm not really sure where he's leaning right now. It seems like he wants to go leave the state of California, leave the West Coast. But, you know, if, you know, Dante Williams and Lincoln Riley try to make it hard for him to 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 leave home, you know? Yeah. Um, and I know you got to uh, chat with his dad a little bit after the camp. And he was so I, – I didn't get to watch the DBs much because I was uh, filming Malachi Nelson at the time. But he's definitely someone that looked like – I got to go through some of his film uh, afterwards and uh, just looked really – smooth out there and he, he does look bigger like one of them knocks on max right was he just wasn't that big like i didn't look at marcellus and be like oh yeah he's not he's he's not big enough like he seemed like he was big enough and still just a rising junior still super young still has room to grow so sky's the limit for him and he actually did that camp this is his second time doing that camp the first time he did it he was an eighth grader so you wow. know that's a it's a it's a lot for an eighth grader a guy not even in high school to kind of go out there with you know I guess compared to them are grown men at that point. So 
you know, he, he's been around the block a long time and he's been getting tested a lot since he was younger. So he's got that kind of mindset and that mentality. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, why don't we shift gears and talk about we've got spring football coming up still as we record this. We do not have an official word on the uh, the logistics Start of- date or whether we can go or anything like that if we're invited. Yeah, we know the proposed start date, um, you know, and but we don't know if they haven't made it official yet. They haven't announced anything yet. We don't know. If we're going to be able to come out there, we know like parents and stuff, no fans are going to be there, but will media be there? We're just not sure. But leading into that, um, Chris did a couple of stories on candidates to be breakout performers. Why don't we start on the offensive side of the ball? Just, was, just very quickly, yeah. what in your mind is a breakout? What does breakout player mean to you? Because I had someone kind of challenge me a little bit as uh, on the board so i'm just kind of wondering what's your definition of a breakout or what constitutes a breakout player in like a camp setting so i think and i think it has to deal with expectations at some point so like say you were going to go into spring of 2021 and i wouldn't say drake london would be a candidate for breakout player because you already know he's a stud right so i think but like looking at this team i'm not sure if there's a whole lot of people that would have that same kind of accolades coming in. Um, I mean, could you say like a Corey Foreman was a five star and you had high expectations, but if you list to him as a breakout potential breakout player, I would go with it because he didn't do a whole lot in, uh, in 2021. But if it's someone that, you know, just crushed it for the previous season, I don't know if you would say they're a breakout. I guess that's how I would look at it. Is that you look at the same way or. Yeah, I think it's for me when I was making this, it's just someone who maybe did not do a whole lot last year or they're super young. And I think for me, just being a breakout is not necessarily you're becoming a starter or anything like that. It's just you're getting more opportunity this this in this camp in this in this season, whatever it may be. Maybe you're a guy who was third string last year and you're trying to move up the depth chart, or maybe you're a freshman and you're gonna start making plays. It's just about making plays, and being more involved on the two deep. I think that's kind of what it is for me. And I think I had someone say, you know, it's it's someone who's not a starter or or becomes a starter. And I wouldn't agree with that because I don't think every breakout player has to be someone that earns a starting job. I mean, look at Josh Jackson last year. I think he was someone who was one of the breakout stars of last spring camp. He was taking a lot of reps, making a lot of plays, picked off a lot of balls, showcased a lot coming over from being a converted wide receiver. I don't think a lot of people had high expectations for him, but he, here he was, one of the best defensive players in that camp. He didn't get a starting role. He got a backup job and was in the rotation until he got kind of banged up. But I would say, you know, that's sort of what the blueprint is for 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 being a, a breakout, at least in my eyes. Like a Kalen Bullock could be a breakout player from last year, would you say? Uh, That one's tough. I would say Kalen was a breakout in the summer fall camp, you know, in spring camp, which he did last year, you know, him and those three safeties were kind of just looking to get into the rotation. You didn't really know who was going to stand out from them. He got burned a couple times in that spring game when he was playing at quarterback. He didn't have a great spring camp. He had a learning spring camp. He had a developmental spring camp. But then look at him in the summer and that fall. He was everywhere. He was making plays left and right. There was that practice. He had like three picks in one in one practice. He was clearly operating as one of the top nickels on the team, and I think he would constitute as a breakout 
uh, for that summer fall camp after he came back from spring. I don't think I, I think he could constitute being a breakout in this spring camp, but I do think he did a lot last year. And I think people are just expecting him to be a star this year with, you know, the path open to being a full-time starter. Okay. Uh, well, let's look at a couple of your, maybe pick a couple of your favorite. You want to do offense? Let's do offense first. Yeah. Um, we don't have to go over everybody. Maybe we'll just a couple of your favorite. We, we could talk about everybody, I guess, if you want. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, there are only five each. So, okay. Let's do that. So offensively, I had wide receiver Jake Smith, running back Darwin Barlow, offensive tackle Mason Murphy, uh, uh, freshman wide receiver CJ Williams. And then I felt like I was maybe cheating a little bit, but I just said a tight end. Just any tight end. Pick one out of the bunch, and I think you can constitute them as sort of a breakout for this spring. I think one of the big ones is Jake Smith. You know, the Texas transfer, there were a lot of expectations on him, a lot of excitement when uh, USC picked him late out of the picked picked him up late out of the portal in the summer. Yeah. But unfortunately, you know, had that nagging foot injury, decided to get that surgery done. So he had to spend that entire season uh, on the sideline. They really could have used him last year if he was healthy to kind of take the pressure off of Drake London. Um, but here he is going to the season, new coaching staff, you know, probably a coaching staff that schemed against him when he was at Texas briefly or for those first two seasons. So going to be interesting for him. Um, I haven't heard anything that's that's telling me he's not healthy for spring camp. So we're going to have to see there. Um, but he is absolutely he absolutely has potential to be sort of an X factor for this uh, this offense and this wide receiver group, which should be a, a fascinating competition and exciting competition to watch. Um, you know, he has starting experience. He was a super explosive player out of uh, Arizona. Uh, he was a top 50 prospect when he signed with Texas. USC was that runner up. They were his dream school, but just couldn't pull the trigger on it. Wanted to go to Texas, try something different. Um, and now he's back here. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he's one of the top four wide receivers in the rotation or even a starter at at some point. If he's healthy, I think he has the capability to be a huge breakout this spring. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I mean, would you say a guy like Kyle Ford could be a breakout player too, or just because he hadn't done much, but he was a former five star? Yeah, I think he could constitute Kyle, but he'd have to have a big spring, you know, because as we've seen, Kyle's always kind of seemed to be limited for whatever reason, not necessarily his yeah. fault. It just seems like they've always had sort of some reins on him in previous camps but if he was like he was if he was like let loose like this spring absolutely he could have a breakout season and be kind of the guy if he started making plays all over the field absolutely yeah i think running back you mentioned Dar darwin barlow um it's you know, the first time you saw him i just looked like oh god that guy can play and that's the quote you have he can play in your in your piece now keontae ingram's gone vivai malapaya gone they bring in travis die they bring in austin jones i mean guys that are established uh, contributors in the Pac-12 for other schools, Oregon and Stanford specifically. But I do, I agree with you. I think Barlow, uh, you know, not the tallest dude in the world, but his legs are, you know, you put his legs up next to anybody. Uh, he's got just, some wiggle. He's got some track speed. Yeah. He's, he's hard to bring down. He, he'll run you over at times. And, you know, I think that line from uh, Kyle McDonald, he was like, he can play. And that kind of caught my attention. So uh, McDonald recruited him out of high school when he was at Utah. So I think he knows what he has uh, in Barlow. And, you know, he did, he wasn't here in the spring last year. And he he was in fall and summer camp. But he had that, that you know, that little hamstring injury that, that shelved him for several weeks. And he never really got to go get going in a camp. 
and Keontae and Vavai Hari established themselves as the top two options. So we didn't really get to see him a lot in practice during the season. So I think absolutely uh, Barlow could be a guy this year, despite, you know, Travis Dye and Jones coming in. I still I still like number 22. I still like him to make some plays uh, this season. 20, 2020. No, it's 2022 for number 22. Okay. There it is. I like I like that. 2020. 2020 what was it? 2022 for 2022. Okay. <laughs> no. Yes, twenty two for number for twenty twenty two. Okay, it's too many twos. There's a lot of twos in there. Uh just look, we just had like the two 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 like date coming up. And, and remember, like Lincoln Riley tweeted out. Like, yeah, that's like, why someone was like, "Who is it? Who is it?" No, it's just the date. It was just it's he just was tweeting the out the date. Your next one is kind of interesting. Um, Mason Murphy, uh, offensive tackle, the red shirt freshman, and I don't know if you would consider like could a Cortland Ford. Or Jonah Monheim be a breakout player, even though they've started played. Um, if they become like a regular, like you know, I don't know, breakout player this spring, would they be? Would they be on the list to do that? Uh, I think you could consider it. It's just really hard to quantify breaking out for an offensive lineman. Yeah, you know, they don't catch touchdowns uh, or stuff like but that. But like, if Murphy ends up like getting a whole bunch of reps at like one of the tackle spots, first team, like then you're like, okay, that's a breakout player. I yeah, guess. like he's moved up the depth chart, or even if like they kicked Murphy inside to guard, which is like a depth issue for them. You know, he's got a frame where you could put him at. You know, he obviously backed up left tackle. He could play right tackle, but six foot five, three hundred, he could play guard. And you know, if they kick him inside, and you know, he helps out of the guard position, maybe he's second team. Uh, one of those interior spots, I would consider that a breakout because they need that depth on the inside. And I'm not really sure what's going to happen. Uh, obviously, on the edges, uh, we have mentioned that, you know, Bobby Haskin has that foot injury. Not really sure what's that going to look like for his spring. You know, maybe he comes in later. But there's a situation where Murphy could be in line for a lot of reps on the edge this this uh, this camp. And, you know, unfortunate for him, he was operating as the backup left tackle last year in the season. But then he suffered a really bad ankle injury, and he was booted up for the rest of the season. It essentially ended his year. Um, he was running around on that scooter in that boot. So I know he's been itching to get back out there. And you know he was a good looking he was a good looking freshman when he came in. And I'm excited to see you know what his body looks like after you know several months with his offseason program. Um, so he's a guy I'm expecting to kind of take a jump and be an actual contributor on that two deep. It's funny because you mentioned Mason Murphy, and I feel like if you're just like the average USC fan, you're not maybe a subscriber. If you're not a subscriber, you should be a subscriber for a dollar. Absolutely. A dollar for the first month. Come you on. Come, get in you, there. Can, you have the ability to DM me on the site. USCfootball.com. You can DM Chris. That's probably the only interaction you're going to get with him. So get in there and do it. But you mentioned a guy like Mason Murphy. I feel like if you're the average USC fan and I said to you, do you know who Gino Cagnonis is? They would like, mm, I don't know. Is he like? Uh, pop star or something like they might not know who that is pop star uh hey you know ty buchanan right and like no or uh, uh mason murphy or caden steven you know him right um these are guys who just sort of like been forgotten you know the year or two in the program at the offensive line and just you never hear much from them like i feel like mason murphy's in that sort of category so i don't know how you like focused on him as opposed to some of the other guys it sounds like you're coming at my pick right now no 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 I it think sounds like i i trust your opinion on it but I know that the average USC fan is going to be like, who the hell is that? That's fair, but I have so much USC knowledge and detail of this roster. Mm. I'm putting it out there. I don't have to, 
I'm not going to hold your hand if you're a, a, a <laughs> I don't have to hold your hand. If you don't know who Andres de work is, that's on you. Read a roster. You know, I'm here to give you detailed stuff. I'm here to think outside the box. I'm not here to give you a cookie cutter sheet of what you want. Nice. And I don't know why I'm sounding so angry right now. You got you did get louder. You got, you I got a little louder. You might have to check that spike on there. That's okay. It's all good. Um, you did another wide receiver you mentioned was CJ Williams, who the freshman. Yeah. Freshman could be breakout because yeah, you know, for remember Stephen Carr when he came here in the summer, that guy was Stud. he looked like there was a times where it was like you know that guy's gonna be a future Heisman. That's how good he looked in practice. Could cut on a dime, had that speed to break away. Obviously, did not work out. The back injury suffered all that, or uh, sapped away a lot of that speed and stuff. Uh, unfortunate for him, but a skilled player freshman can come in and absolutely start making plays. He'll be here early. Obviously, he'll be here for spring camp. And you know, USC is losing a pretty big receiver in Drake London. They need some of that size back. You know, Brendan Rice is an option. Terrell Bynum is an option. But CJ Williams, he's six foot two. You know, close to two two hundred. He could be the, a guy that could absolutely be a new weapon uh, for uh, Caleb Williams out there. So he, he's a top 50 prospect coming from a big uh, modern day where he was, you know, getting a lot of playing time. Absolutely could step in from day one and, you know, start making plays for uh, for that offense. So he's a guy I think that could really, really stand out in this group, even though it is a, a, lot, of, a lot of bodies out there and a lot of mouths to feed. But it is going to be a competition. So I'm... I'm betting on everyone getting a lot of run. All right, and then your last one was a cop out, so tight ends. I don't think oh, interesting. You, you kind of you kind of slipped that under. Look, you could just pick <laughs> one out of the bag, pick one out of the bag, and they could be a break a breakout. Like McCree broke out late in the season. Looks like a future stud. Jude Wolf hasn't been utilized as a pass catcher. Those two young guys, they have a lot of potential, you know. And then you have the two older guys, Malcolm Epps, never really got going. Josh Vallow. Has been, you know, dinged up with the confidence stuff. Got pushed down the, pushed down the the depth chart. Was all the way at the bottom at some point. And then, you know, he has that injuries. But he was a stud coming out of high school. He's six foot six. Can make a lot of plays as a pass catcher. Pick any one of those guys. I wouldn't be subtract if they were making a lot of catches and a lot of plays in spring. Yeah. No, I couldn't, I, I couldn't pick one, Ryan. No, sue I, me. I think that's good. I think I think just saying the tight end position is going to be a bigger contributor is a big one. I. I think I mentioned this last show. Like I think Malcolm Epps has the potential to be, be the guy. If you're going to go on a limb, he might be a good one. But I mean, I've always loved follow. It just never has worked out. So now it's just one of those things where like, it's a Solomon Tulele Pooper situation. Like I'm not going to predict follow does anything until I see him do something. So. Yeah, I mean, it was just a situation where he was in an offense that couldn't figure out how to use a tight end, yeah. and then he got hurt. That was not a great combo. No. Confidence dip. So here, one more final shot. You know, Riley could. You know. Re- rejuvenate his final season and maybe you know go out with some some big plays yeah i like that all right well uh we still got more stuff to get to why don't we take a quick break because we're 50 minute mark already crazy chris and i you and i talk a bunch like if we ever worried that you weren't going to be able to like we go through i feel we have a short show and they're long so props we've to done you questions the last two times so this is just us talking and this is just a talk we got some questions to get to and we're going to go over the defensive potential breakout players for the spring right when we return. (music) 
Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, we're back here on the Parastyle Podcast. Chris, uh, did you do anything on your break? Did you go go for a run? or did You do? You did a rock climbing this morning, huh? Uh, yeah, for this break right now, I read a novel real okay. quickly. And then, uh, yeah, I did go rock climbing this morning. My first time in like three months. Nice. I probably smell it and get a chance to shower, and I got chalk all over my hands. So no, that's all right. I did my early morning spin class and little workout, but I, I've I've been eating a lot. I work out and it's good, but then I just eat like more than I should. I don't know what it is. I went and got a Handles ice cream like ice cream Sunday last night. Put it on my Instagram. I love Handles. It's so good. It's it's they open one in Long Beach, and it's oh. like I go there when it's freezing out. I don't care. I don't care. You know, they say ice cream in the summer is the best. I don't care. I'm going to when it's like 20 degrees out. I'm, I'm going to get it. It's so good. I feel like crap after it, but it's it's worth it. It was, yeah. I got like a peanut butter, chocolate peanut butter brownie. That's the one I get. That's the one I get. Oh, the peanut butter. So good. Handles, if anyone's listening, let's get the sponsorship. We should get a sponsor. Like, I think they're originally from like the, near where I'm from, like Western Pennsylvania or like somewhere in that area. They had one in Redondo. They have one in Redondo forever, but they just opened one in Manhattan Beach, which is like a mile closer. So I, I like last night, I was like, I didn't eat much for dinner. I'm like, I'm going to go get an ice cream. <laughs> we need a sweet, sweet treat on this show. I'm a yeah. big sweet tooth, so I, I need it. It's the only ice cream that kind of tops Tillamook for me, but just barely. Yeah, it's funny. Like, so when I would do the show with Keely, she had very limited, like a lot of limitations as far as dietary stuff goes. So I love that you're a sweet tooth. No, we, I inject that gluten straight into me. We take it in strands, put it in my neck. Gluten. We could we could go, crush some desserts. Uh, I think that would be awesome. Okay, so let's look, go to the defensive side of the ball. Some of the breakout potential candidates. Let's 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 quicken it up a little bit because we are at the fifty fifty, 50 yeah, yeah. minute mark. So I'm just gonna read off all five. You're gonna pick one you want me to talk about, and then I'm gonna pick like my favorite one. Okay. And I'm hoping that we don't pick the same person. So okay. My breakouts were uh, edge rusher Romello Hyde, the Auburn transfer, uh, retro freshman linebacker Rajon Davis, sophomore defensive lineman Corey Foreman, uh, redshirt sophomore defensive lineman Earl Barquette, the TCU transfer, and sophomore Jalen Smith. So I think you're gonna you're gonna be more excited about uh, height. So I'll tell you to talk about Corey Foreman. Two two guys on the defensive line, you know, that are at two very important positions. Um, Foreman, obviously, you had mentioned at the top when we we're talking about examples, is a guy you know came in with a lot of expectations. And what did he do, Ryan? Uh, he did bum squash nothing. He got what maybe. Two sacks, I think, and then yeah. in seven games. But there were games where he was suited up, but we didn't see him for an entire half. Yeah. He didn't come in. And there was, you know, 
injuries and stuff like that, just consistency stuff. So didn't really didn't really play out as many would expect for a number one overall prospect. And to be fair, you know, he didn't get his senior year, so he was, you know, he had some rust to shake off. Um, but I think a lot of play, uh, people expected a lot more of that. I know I, I kind of pegged him to be, you know, in the in the talks for uh, freshman defensive Pac-12 player of the year. That was one of my bold predictions, I believe. That did not happen. I, that did not happen. So I always get burned when I pick uh, player of the year, freshman, stuff like that. I got to stop doing that, but I never learn. <laughs> but obviously, I feel like there's a little bit of rejuvenation with him. Corey Foreman, you know, coming under Lincoln Riley. There's a lot more energy. I know energy. We've said that a lot. But I think there's a, you know, I think he, the expectations for him are still going to be high. He is a number one overall prospect. They need him to be a guy. They need him to get to the quarterback this season because they've lost a lot of their edge pressure from last season. Drake Jackson off to the NFL. Hunter Eccles was a you know was a key backup. He got in a lot. You know he could get to, he could get after the quarterback. He's at Arizona. Driana Falonico didn't play a whole lot, but he was their third guy at that edge spot. So they need pass rush, and they need pass rush badly. And Corey Foreman is absolutely that guy. You know, six foot five, yeah. two hundred sixty pounds. He didn't look like a freshman when he got here. He looked like a SEC redshirt junior or something like that. So he's got the size. He has that ability. You know, they got some guys on the defensive line that are going to be cornerstones for that foundation. A Nick Figueroa, Brandon Peely, assuming he's healthy. You know, the veteran, uh, the veteran senior coming off that Achilles tear, and then Thule, who I think had a pretty good season, led the team in sacks last year, despite it being an atrocious defense. Those are kind of the cornerstones, but Foreman's talent ceiling is higher than all of those guys, and it's not even close. He has the ability to be an All-American kind of thing, a top 10 pick potential. That's what he has, and USC needs him to tap into that this year. You know, this is the year everyone's expecting, you know, a, a, a much better season. They expect, you know, maybe 12 games out of him, maybe seven sacks, something like that. They expect him to take that leap into, you know, becoming, you know, potentially an all-Pac-12 player and then all-American down the line. So there will be a lot riding on number zero's shoulders. And, you know, I think that's a clear breakout candidate. And then what about height? Like, is that was that your pick? Was that, did yeah, I get that yeah, right? Yeah, I, I, think, I think I was going to go with height just because, as I mentioned, that edge spot, that rushing linebacker hybrid spot has been gutted by the losses. And Romello Height is a guy, you know, who looks the part. If you've seen the workout videos, if you've seen the photos – you know, Shane Lee gets a lot of attention, but so does Romello Hyde. He is just built. He looks different than any other edge rusher USC has had in the last couple of seasons. He looks ready to wreak havoc. But obviously, while he looks ready to wreak havoc, he actually has to wreak havoc. He has to put that on the field. You know, he had the shoulder injury as a freshman. He doesn't have a ton of experience. You know, he's only played in 10 games. I don't think any of those are starts. Uh, doesn't have a sack in his career. So his first sack here will be the first sack. He has in college. So he is expected to, you know, take up the lion's share of those edge spots, at least until they maybe pull someone out of the portal in the next couple of months. Right now, you know, he seems like the plug and play guy to be that edge rusher in this defense. So I expect him to get a lot of reps this spring. I expect him, you know, to be that guy. Um, so I think that's a that's a good cause for him to be in that breakout discussion. Yeah, and I think you, you mentioned Rajon Davis there, and I, we talked about this on Tunnel Vision a little bit. Shotgun maybe maybe played a little devil's advocate there where, you know, is this a guy he, that... He loves to play devil's advocate. He does like doing that. Um, it's just one of those guys that 
you felt could break through. And we might know early on in spring, like, oh, he's getting first team reps. He's like, or he just sort of is like a guy that's there and not really contributing. And you'll be like, oh. And that, that'll upset a lot of USC fans because I think a lot of USC fans are, are big Rajon Davis fans. So hopefully we get to see a bunch of him this spring. And he is a, a breakout player. He's just he's just so unique compared to other linebackers on the roster. He's not the biggest. He's six foot one, But the amount of versatility he can do in a defense like this, it's just a match made in heaven. You know, he can drop back and be a cover. I saw times in high school when he was playing like a cornerback. Yeah. He can play a safety and he could rush off the edge. He was a pretty good rusher in high school. And he has speed. Ryan, how slow was that defense last year? It was slow. It was like molasses on a cold day. Oh, no. So slow. And Davis? He's got a verified he's, 447. He is fast. So he's got some speed. You know, I think that's a guy, you know, Alex Grinch looks at and goes, we need to get him on the field. He he brings, he has, he's he's unique to this defense, and he's unique to this linebacker core. So I think Brian Odom, Grinch, they're going to try to get him on the field. And, you know, I put him down as a starter in my projections. I like it. Uh, we will see how that turns out. Hopefully we'll know more next time we do a show about what the spring football practice schedule is and what we can do and all of that. Uh, we'll move on to the NFL scouting combine. So Indianapolis don't know how long it's going to be there. They'll probably move it around or maybe do Vegas or wherever they do, but, uh, they do a really nice job with that one. USC had five players there. Drake London showed up, but he didn't, you know, he got measured out was, Six foot three and seven eighths or whatever. He wasn't quite six five, but didn't do any work. Drake Jackson uh, did some stuff. He had put on some weight there. Got to see the running back transfer from Texas, Keontae Ingram, and then a couple of corners, Chris Steele and Isaac Taylor Stewart, who you know ran faster times um, than maybe you would have thought. Chris Steele, I think, was the fastest Pac twelve defensive back. So I believe Isaac Taylor Stewart was the oh I'm sorry four over two. Yes, I'm sorry. And then Chris Steele was like uh, four four eight close behind him um but you know it wasn't like an overwhelming you know having a drake london out there would do something we'll see uh pro day is supposed to be for what i'm told uh march 23rd so i think there's some optimism drake london will be able to work out for that i think that's where drake jackson will run uh his 40 time you know nothing crazy from the usc folks as far as uh it goes 36 total players were there from the pac-12 uh, Kayvon Thibodeau may be the, the most notable one of all that, but uh, any any thoughts on that? We don't have to dwell on this too much, but any thoughts from the pro? I no, mean, the, yeah, uh, it wasn't. A, it was wasn't a very eventful pro day because obviously, like you said, Drake London didn't really do much. He said he was about eighty seven percent healthy, so going to save it for the pro day. And all that tells me is that USC is going to be very busy on pro day because everyone's going to be there. London is a first round talent. Maybe even top 10, but people want to see what he can do off that ankle injury. So I expect a lot of scouts to be out here. They want to see him run. Yeah. And then obviously Drake Jackson, you know, maybe he's a guy who could sneak into the first round at the end. But I definitely think his floor at the point, this point, is a third round. And I, I think he's going to go in the second round. But people want to see him run. He did. He tested very well. He had some good broad jumps. I think he did the vertical as well. He he didn't. He was working out with the linebackers. So. I think he, I think he's, I think he stood out in that in that regard, but he still has to run. Didn't do the bench press, so I think it's going to be a a, it's going to be a big pro day for guys to make a lot of money, to based off what they do. Yeah, uh, I agree with you there, and we'll see when you get that kind of potential top ten talent, you get more scouts to come out. You know, just remember like the Sam Darnold year. That I mean, there was a lot. There was owners there. It was and raining and it was crazy. It was windy and blustery and it was a 
It was a memorable thing. And if Drake London's able to go, I think you're going to get more scouts because they weren't able to see him. Uh, there's a lot of projections that have him as the number one wide receiver coming off the board. So that would be a cool thing for him. Um, so we'll see. But yeah, we have a little recap up on uscfootball.com if you want to get an update on all the players that were at the NFL Combine. And then the last thing. Quick, before, quick, quick, quick oh, question. Of course. Have you ever been to the draft? I've never been to the draft. No. Uh, have or you? the Combine? No, I've done Senior Bowl. The Combine was always like really like hard. Like Mobile, to, Alabama? I've done that. Mobile, okay. Alabama. Um, USC, I think it was 2009, like the John David Booty year. They had like nine players in the Senior Bowl. Uh, so I went down for that. And it was like Edward Dron was in the middle of his... Uh, he, I think he just got fired from Ole Miss, if I'm nice. not mistaken, and talked. To, I, I've told the story on the podcast before, but I was just, you know, why is he a great recruiter? Like I hadn't seen him for years, and went to introduce myself to him, and he was just like, oh, "I know who you are, Ryan." And he was just like the the coolest guy. That's a good coach. Oh, it was a yeah. He was yeah. He was awesome. And I, I told this before too with the recruiting. Deshaun Jackson's family walks by, like on the other side of these hedges, and they were just gushing over him. Like, do you ever have like an ex girlfriend? You guys broke up, but their family still loves you yeah. and wants them to get the back. Like that's what it felt like. Like they Deshaun Jackson didn't go to USC, but damn, that family seemed like they wanted him to, and like they wanted like they wanted to be with Coach O, and that's what makes him like a great recruiter. But that was like a cool experience being down there. Uh, but I've never done the combine or the draft. The combine I think is pretty difficult to get credentials for. Maybe it's a little easier now. Um, I know some people that go out for that. Have you gone to either one of those? No or desire. No. I uh, combine would be cool, but I guarantee Ryan Abraham will end up at an NFL draft at some point, especially if it's in Vegas oh, or in Vegas. LA. He's going to be there and he's going to make a big deal of it. I'm going to, yeah, <laughs> that's a party. I'm ready to party. I like that kind of stuff. Uh, okay, let's do a little basketball. Speaking of Vegas, I will be in Vegas this weekend. Look at that transition. I set you up. You did set Good. me up. Nice job. Uh, shot, shotty Gun Spratling and I are going to drive out together and go to Las Vegas. So I have an electric car now. And like when I first got it, I got it like seven and a half years ago. Like gas wasn't very expensive. Now that gas is like through the roof, I'm not like flipping out like some people are because I'm like, yeah, I got an electric car, like the same thing. Um, but I could drive to Vegas essentially for like free, you know? <laughs> it's just like, okay. I like driving. Some people don't like to drive to Vegas. Are you a Vegas driver or a flyer? I, uh, I don't like the Vegas drive. Okay. But if I'm with my friends, I can do it. But I don't like it doing myself, and I have done it by myself a couple times, and I hate it. I hate driving anywhere far distance without someone I like. Okay, let's just put it like that. All right, um, it's not. I mean, it's not super far, but I, I kind of like doing it. It's just I don't know. I just enjoy, uh, I enjoy the drive for some reason. But yeah, I'll be doing that with Shotgun. So we'll be covering the Pac-12 tournament, as you know. USC had won six in a row and then lost to Arizona, pretty ugly fashion, and then lost to UCLA, where they. Honestly, I played the entire game, but still had a chance to win at the end. And the play-in games or whatever, the first round where USC has a bye because they're the number three seed. Um, you got Stanford and Arizona State. That's the eight nines, and they'll be going against Arizona. ASU is one of those teams that could – they're playing better right now. Like, that's probably a, not a great draw for Arizona. Like, you, you don't want that team that's playing pretty well. Um, Oregon State's the 12 seed. Man, they are bad. They're playing the Ducks. And the Ducks have just like fallen off a cliff. Even though they beat UCLA recently, they've just they've lost. They got swept by the Washington schools. 
uh, late. And they're going to, the winner of that game will take on Colorado, who ends up sneaking into the number four seed. So they got to buy Colorado. Colorado. Uh, UCLA, they're the two seed. They're going to play the winner of the 10 and seven. That's Cal and Wazoo. Uh, if you're watching Wazoo, they seem to be, I don't know, kind of like an up and down team. But UCLA's playing really well right now. They've, I think they're six and one in their last seven games. Um, that lost to Oregon, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And then for USC fans, the night game on Thursday, 8.30 p.m. Pacific uh, on FS1, USC is the three seed. They'll take on the winner of the 11 and six seeds, which is Utah and Washington. And it's weird that Utah's 11 seed. They seem to play good at times. I don't know, but whatever. So, yeah, they'll take on the winner of those two games. Uh, That's a Wednesday game on the Pac-12 Network. And we're actually going to have, if you're in Vegas, we're going to do a little meetup at 2 o'clock. So this will be before, like, basically Oregon's going to play Colorado at 2.30 Pacific. We're going to be at the uh, Park MGM at the Bed MGM Sportsbook and Bar with David Woods and I. We both do the Podcast of Champions, and we'll have some giveaway stuff and everything there if you want to come out. And say hello if you're going to be in Vegas for that. Did you Do you have any thoughts about going to Vegas, Chris? Or In terms of... Were you thinking about like, it? Like, I want to cover the tournament or not? Oh, right? no. I thought you meant like in terms of like a fun thing to do. Yeah. Well, you can come out for fun and not work if you want. Yeah. <laughs> I'm driving. If you my just boss just car. said, just come to Vegas, not work. I've never done, I don't think I've only done like one non-work Vegas trip and I didn't gamble. Oh. I didn't do a show. I've, like, never, I've never done a real Vegas experience. Are you, dude, just, you want to come out? You want to jump in the car with us? I won't work that much. I'm only going to work the (laughs) UFC game. So it's Vegas. I'm just. You ever been to a fight? I've been to UFC fights in Vegas. Mm. Uh, When we were when we were rivals and owned by Yahoo, Yahoo had some deals with the UFC, and I knew the guy that was running it, like Eric Winter, and he got me tickets at the time. Uh, A couple of good, like like seventh row seats to this stuff. Like that was cool. But I've never been to like a boxing fight. Have you done one of those? Or I've covered i've i've been to a usc ufc fight and i've covered a ufc event that's a different kind of crowd than a boxing crowd. oh my god yeah <laughs> there a lot more violence they they want the violence there was yeah there was a lot of violence going on but it was good um i didn't i didn't know anything about ufc i think i saw brock lesnar like lose to some jujitsu guy and lesnar was just kicking his butt just like pummeling but then he got put in like an arm bar he got or something him. and lost. Yeah. He he jitsued him. Yeah. He did some stuff and you're like, wait, why is the guy that's all bloody winning? Like, I don't I I didn't quite Make understand. one mistake, get him on the ground. It was and it's over. over. Yeah, it was over. Um, I think Lesnar wasn't that. It was like when he first came back or something, but this was this was a while ago. Anyway, all right. So USC's got a chance to make a little run in the Pac 12 tournament. So if the seeding holds, they'll play UCLA on Friday and then potentially Arizona on Saturday night at 6 p.m. That'll be on Fox. One quick point I want to make out about this. It feels like USC is very much at a crossroads. They can go one way or the other. They're slumping right now. But I could see it as being sort of a reset. You know, like, hey, we got to get our our shit together. Because this is the postseason. This is do or die right now. We got to get together. We got this tournament. We can go out with the Pac-12 tournament win championship. And then we can launch ourselves into the... March Madness, have another great run. Or the slump is just going to go through the entire team and they're going to get bounced early in the tournament. And then that's going to lead to a 
bad seed and they're going to get bounced early in March Madness. So they have a chance to maybe rise up above this uh, this little losing streak, this little this little slump, or they're going to ride the slump down into the uh, the postseason abyss. So got to see. I think we'll know early on in their first round in their first game which way they're kind of leaning towards yeah and is there going to be like an oregon state story where they end up winning the pac-12 tournament and going they went there to lead eight right like they mm-hmm. uh they made a run uh ucla was an 11 seed play-in game and they went to the final four i don't think they did that well in the pac-12 tournament right did they, or did they lose in the final i don't remember that's a question for shotgun i'm yeah i don't remember but um it's it's okay if you flame out in the pac-12 tournament and then make a run in the ncaa's like if you you win a couple games uh, in the NCAA's af- after like losing in the first round of the Pac-12 tournament, that's fine. Like no one's going to care. But this is sort of a team you kind of need to prove it a little bit. So we'll see uh, what they're able to do. But we'll have a lot of coverage from the Pac-12 uh, tournament in Las Vegas, which I've never covered one of those in Vegas. I've covered them when they were at like Staples Center and stuff, but never in Vegas. So looking forward to that. Uh, we got some questions. What? Yeah. And we'll uh, we had email questions. We didn't have any voicemails or text this week. Do you want to check the uh, you check the Apple Podcast feed to see if we got any reviews? I didn't looked. Keela used to do that a lot. Do you have that on your phone or no? I don't have that. In my you phone. don't have your phone. I'm I not. Can. I'm not Keely. I'm not as nice as Keely. You're not as good. Okay, let me. I can. Uh, I'll. I'll try to pull. How it many up. questions do we got? Uh, we got three here. Why don't you read the first one and I will look and see if we have any reviews. Okay. Are these the ones right here under basketball? Yeah. Okay. That one's kind of long. Then do another one then. Okay. I don't know if he's the other, the one that says, thank you, Ryan and Chris and Shotgun for feeding starving children of Troy. Sure, you might as well read it. You started. Okay. Uh, for feeding starving children of Troy some USC football content in this dry season. Without you, I would resort to deep fried SEC junk food. You may not want to read this question on air. Well, I'm already reading it, so here we go. But here it goes. Do you think Caleb Williams wants a long NFL career like Tom Brady, or do you think Tom Brady's diet helped him stay in the NFL for 23 season? Which shouldn't Caleb's dad at least consider Tom Brady's diet for his son? Watching Caleb's films, obviously, he's an amazing athlete. There's obviously there's opportunity for to improve his diet. I don't know what this is going, especially if you want to be the goat. On the other hand, Caleb Williams. I. This is probably not a great question. Did you? I haven't. No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't read this through this, this. You set me up, Ryan. I totally set you this up. This is a. I should have listened to this person when they said he probably don't want to read this on air. Okay. I don't understand this question. Should he be worried about his diet? No, he's twenty. He's eighteen years old. He can do what he wants. Like literally, he could eat fillet of fishes. Like five he could times. eat. He could eat every uh, handles ice cream in one sitting and be and go play a football game. Yeah. This is from Alex in an undisclosed location. That's not even his real name. So he's like being all secretive and stuff. I think you you want to trust your nutrition people, which USC didn't even have any before, right? They uh, and now they have people. They you know you trust the strength and conditioning staff to kind of build guys up. Caleb Williams already performed well at a college level, so I wouldn't be worried about that. He mentions like Caleb Bullock and stuff. They call him Sticks. Yeah, maybe he's going to put on some weight, things like that. That one uh, that one south fast. I yeah. apologize. I should have. I should have been better. I told you to read a short one, and you went to read the long one. Well, I that it it didn't look like these were. It looked like it was all one question, so I was I was confused. Oh, so, so I just way. jumped into one. So Chris is new, and uh, the 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 way I put things in the Google Doc is I I put one question will all be squished together, and then I put a space between each now, one. Now so now I see. Now you know those now, are separate questions. I learned I learned my lesson. 
Yeah, that's all right. Uh, we got one from Mark. How hard is USC recruiting Joe Mixon's cousin? I love that they don't even mention the name. They just say he's who's it. You just assume to. I know who Joe Mixon's cousin is? Like, I don't know. Like, read, read this question slow so I can. Uh, yeah, you look it up. Uh, he seems massively underrated. So underrated that you don't know his name. How fluid uh, he is in his movement, jumps off the screen when you watch his huddle tape of clips from recent camps, looks like a future NFL linebacker. Hopefully, USC is making him a priority, and that's from Mark. So I Googled Jer- uh, Joe Mixon's cousin, and I get uh, Jerry Mixon out of, out of San Francisco, California, 2023, a three-star uh, linebacker in the 24-7 sports rankings, not in the 24-7 composite, has six offers, you know, got Arizona, got Arizona State, uh, Nevada, San Diego State, San Jose State. Interesting. I'm going to go on a limb and say he's not a priority right I'm now. Not gonna, I'm going to say he's not a priority right now. You know, that could change with the big senior season. You know, USC needs linebackers. I expect them to take several, but I would say there's much higher priorities at the linebacker position than uh, Joe Mixon's cousin, which I'm actually going to change <laughs> his profile name to Joe Mixon's cousin right now <laughs> since I have that ability you do and that, use Chris. my power. <laughs> it is funny when we'll get like, People and when we go to a recruiting event, and sometimes you'll wear like two four seven clothes or whatever you're doing, and people will come up to you if it's say it's a high school game, more likely a high school game, and they'll be like, "Hey, have you checked out number four on this team?" And I'm like, "No, I haven't." And it's like, "Well, yeah, you should. He's gonna be really good. You should watch him." And like, "Oh, what does he play?" Well, so. Why is he not on the field right now? Well, he's not the starter. And you're like, okay, like you realize I'm here to cover, I'm here to cover USC football. So basically the dude I'm covering is the best player on this field right now. He's not like not starting. Like he's, he's someone that, you know, if he was like, it was like Arch Manning and he's like a eighth grader and like, okay, I would like pay attention to him. Right. Um, but they're like, well, yeah. And it's like, well, he's, he's, he's only five, eight and he's a linebacker and uh, he, he's not running very fast and, it's only 200 pounds, but, but he's going to, you know, you're like. And, he, and he's a senior. Yeah. Like what world? I mean, I get like these are people's kids or cousins or whatever. Joe Mixon's cousin. Um, <laughs> but they will come up to you and, I, and you feel bad. But I'm just like, I, I'm I'm not here to like scout everyone or I'm, I'm literally only here covering USC. So if he's not on USC's radar at some point, like. If he was like a freshman, that could potentially be. But like you said, he's a senior. He's been around. He hasn't started. The whole been around of, the block. Yeah. And I'm not saying Jerry Mixon can't be a stud because he can be. You know, he's maybe three he, he's got offers. Like, yeah. That's, maybe that's maybe he studly. goes. He's a scholarship offers. That's and errors. He has power five scholarship offers. That's studly to to by definition. That's studly. And there's there's stories of guys all the time going to like a San Jose State or a San Diego State and they blow up. They get really, really good. They get developed out of nowhere, and then three years later, they're a uh, you know first round pick. Happens all the time, especially with offensive linemen. So that's not to say Jerry Mixon can't be a guy, but right now, I don't think USC is very uh, is is recruiting him. Yeah, and he could be like yeah down the line. We'll see. We'll what, see. If, at this point in twenty, okay, twenty twenty one. So a year ago, if someone was saying if they wrote in and said. Hey, there's this dude Jackson Dart uh, in Utah. I think he's going to be a stud and whatever. You're like, well, he only has one scholarship offer. I don't think look USC's looking at him. He ends up being like Gatorade Player of the Year. If Jerry Mixon has like a huge senior year, 
And yeah, like then he'll probably be on a lot of people's radar. But at this point, he's not. From what I've seen, they told me Caleb Williams when I was coaching him at swimming that this guy's going to be a guy. He's a really good football player. Nice. So there you go. It happens. That that's what impressed me the most about Caleb Williams is he overcame your coaching. Oh my goodness! And has become a, an absolute. You know who told me that? <laughs> Caleb Williams' cousin. Nice. Caleb Williams comes to it. As he does, he know Joe Mixon's cousin? No, no. That okay. was a bit. That didn't land. <laughs> It played. Uh, we got one last question. It's our buddy Frank Let's in Sacramento. It. I think Frank's like precursoring excuses for postseason, but let's see what he says. Okay. I, th- I think just from perusing it earlier, he says, we need to stop thinking that the 2022 USC football season should be compared to that awful 4-8 and eight season. 2021 doesn't count. Actually, it, it counts, Frank. It does uh, count, unfortunately. Helton gets fired. A low-level coach gets promoted over two established coordinators. I don't know if I would say say that's a true statement, but the coordinators don't like the snub, and they know they will be gone next year, so they quit on the interim coach and the team. Many players give up as well. Thus, the disastrous 2021 season, USC would have finished 7-5 and five under Helton in our crummy Pac-12 conference, so that should be our baseline from which we measure success going forward. Frank and Sacramento, do you believe, you did, you, uh, do you believe what Frank is selling you there? Chris. Number one, it does count because I covered those gosh darn games and they better count because if they don't, I want to talk to somebody. And I'm not sure about the coordinator sort of quote unquote giving up, especially when it comes to Orlando. I was in those Orlando scrubs, uh, scrums. He took those performances personally. He was trying hard to do whatever he could. Obviously, it did not work, whatever the case, but I wouldn't say Orlando gave up or anything, or quit on the team. I feel like him and, and he was trying to try to turn those things around. Obviously, did not work. It, it, was, it wasn't the case. And are you also factoring that they lost their best player in Drake London to a fractured ankle? I think with with London there, I think they at least get to, they're at least playing for a bowl in that Cal game. Yeah, with Dante as the head interim yeah. head coach. Yeah, I mean, I... It was just a lot of bad things. It was just about a lot of bad things to overcome. And that's tough for for you know young for kids to overcome. You know, there's a lot a lot of going on, a lot of attention, a lot of a lot of negative things swirling around the program. I don't I don't think I don't think it it does count. Um, but I don't think you. I I do sort of agree. I I sort of see what he is saying, and that you can't base this season or last season on what's going to happen next year. But a lot of those same players are on this team. They just need to be you know coached up differently. Yeah, and I, I mean, I'm not going to say like if they go from four and eight to six and six, you're like, hey, two game improvement. They're bowl eligible now. I'm not going to be like, woo, that's great. Um, I mean, I'm literally my expectations are now leaning towards winning the Pac-12, like, mm-hmm. which doesn't seem very fair. But I'm just looking at what they've done in the transfer portal. You expect some more to happen after spring football if we get to watch spring football, and um, there's like. I don't know. The Pac-12 is pretty garbage. Now, Utah's good, and that's you know they're, that's in their division, so it's going to be tough to overcome. You have to play Utah on the road. But I'm I'm just thinking, like, yeah, like, yeah, if they go seven and six or something, or you know, seven and five, I'm not going to be like, wow, that's that's great. I'm gonna I'm gonna think that's a disappointment. Um, I don't know if I'm going to compare it to seven and five. Like, would that mean if you go nine and you know three, is that good improvement? Yeah, I, I think this team should win nine or ten games for sure, and with the potential to do more than that. But now that's just me. That's what I'm thinking. But thanks, Frank, for that one. Chris, 
Final thoughts. Anything else you want to get off your chest before we get out of here? Uh, I just realized my phone wasn't charging this whole time, so my phone's almost dead. I'm kind of bummed about that. That's the only thing really on my chest. But in terms of USC stuff, no. Okay. I'm good. I hope you have a good time in Vegas, though. Thanks, man. You sure you want to come? You want to come out? No, I'm going to pass. Okay. You know, uh, I try to get Gerard. You're going to be like Gerard. I try to get Gerard to go out to fun places, and he's like, nah, I think I'm going to stay home. Um, I don't want to lose a bunch of money. And oh, I'm yeah. not credentialed, so I won't even go to the game. So. That's even better that you don't go to the game. I could give you my cred. No, I, I should probably go. But, um, you know, it's just fun to be in Vegas. So I like it. First round of the tournament is always a good time to the March Madness. That's always a good weekend to go to. Yeah, I'm excited for March Madness in general. So yeah, uh, I don't have to worry about I don't have to worry about my terps because they're trash, so they're not going to be in there. So I can just enjoy. Are your terps going to hire Andy Edfield? I don't want to get into this right now. Okay. I don't think they're going to hire Andy Edfield, but that's okay. That's just so take off your I cover USC hat and put on your I did this I'm a Maryland guy we did this for shotguns podcast we had a whole conversation about it okay and what what I didn't like what happened I I don't I think there are other options they should look at yeah no I I think that's fair um so yeah we'll see we Maryland's got to get back to being that power what's the last it's like 2000 or something, the last time they won a title. What was the... Uh, basketball title? 2002. 2002. Okay. Who was the stars of that team? Juan Dixon, yes. Lonnie Baxter, Steve Blake. Steve Bla- I remember that. Yes. I remember yeah. That. Blake played in the league for a while, he right? He did with the Lakers and yeah. other teams. But he was a Laker for a long yeah. time. I think so, if I remember correctly. Uh, all right. Well, that's going to wrap it up. We got a little Terps uh, talk in there. Um Thanks uh, for coming back on again, Chris. Coming back in yep. the studio. I'll be here every week. Every week. Same time. <laughs> or it might be different times, but we'll do it. Um, make sure you check out on the feed. Uh, Chris is going to do his composite two-star recruiting podcast with Gerard Martinez. Right? Is that the name? Composite two-star recruits. Okay. A, rec- a USC recruiting podcast for uscfootball.com. Yes. So perfect. So I know you guys love when Gerard comes on. So Chris and Gerard, you'll have a lot of recruiting knowledge uh, between those two brains talking. So I'm looking forward to hearing the uh, the first episode coming up. Uh, Shotgun's doing his Heard on the Sideline podcast, getting different guests and things like that. And then Shotgun and I, maybe we'll do, we'll do something in Vegas, depending on how far USC goes. I'll definitely be doing a podcast with champions out there too. But lots of uh, podcasting options. We just did a tunnel vision show. We'll keep doing those as well. But that's going to wrap things up for Chris Trevino. I am Ryan Abraham. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Peristyle Podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show and we will talk to you next time. You may have noticed that shopping at Trader Joe's is unlike shopping at other markets. People ask us all the time how we manage to have such unique, interesting, and delicious products at such great everyday prices. This is Dan Bain of Trader Joe's. The answer is simple. It's all in the way we do business. We buy directly from the manufacturer whenever possible. This helps to keep our costs low, and we pass those savings on to you. No gimmicks, just great values at honest prices, every day at Trader Joe's. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. 
Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. 